Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler Podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. And I'm your co-host, Melody. We want to welcome all of our regular and new listeners to the new look of our podcast. We've rebranded as the Happy Homeschooler Podcast. We're so excited. And we've been getting a lot of new listeners because the public schools are doing the reopening plans right now. A lot of people are not sure what that's going to look like in the fall, and some people are getting a little nervous and looking for options. And if you are one of those people who is in that situation, this month's um, podcasts are going to be specifically addressing that topic. Um, today we're going to be talking about how you go about homeschooling when you didn't plan to and how to homeschool for a semester or a year. And then uh, the topic next time uh, in a couple weeks will be about how to homeschool for little or no cost which if you weren't planning to homeschool, you're probably scrambling and wondering how you're going to carve out some money in your budget for something you didn't think you were going to do. So we hope to be helping with that. Now, you don't want to miss these episodes, so make sure to subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at happyhomeschoolpod or look for us on Twitter at underscore homeschoolpod. And subscribe on Google Play or um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get into our topic today um, about people who are considering homeschooling because of their school's reopening plans and because of the pandemic and the, um, the stress and the worry and the concerns that they have about how to do this and additionally, how to do this and get your kid back into school because that's what a lot of people I'm seeing are talking about. Right. Are you seeing the same thing? I am seeing the same thing. And for the most part, I think that the parents of Younger children in the elementary school, they may not be quite as concerned as my friends who have students in high school where they need credit for the work that they're doing and they're not sure what's going to be accepted. And right. I don't know if the, I think that everything is still in the planning stages. I'm not really sure how the public schools have decided to handle that. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I know I've seen um, on my own local homeschool list a lot of parents who just joined this month for our county homeschool um, Facebook group and they are saying things like you know I, I need to know what to do so I can get my kid back into school and a lot of the advice we're all giving us seasoned homeschoolers we're all giving is that you know when you have an elementary school kid or you have a middle school kid usually the public school will just accept them back in because you're not asking them to consider credits that right. they've earned so um, they might test them some schools and, and it's there's nothing across the board that's a uh, standard so Unfortunately, one public school might say, yeah, you said your kid's a third grader. They can come on back. And another school might say, yeah, we're going to test them and see if they're really a third grader. And that is something you have to research yourself. You're going to have to check with right. your um, your local school and find out, hey, if I homeschool my kid and I want to put them back in, what are your requirements going to be? I think you really need to know that at the beginning so that you can plan for that. If they're going to just accept the kids back, then my goodness, you can have a lot of fun this semester or this it's year. Kid, and you uh, can go really broad and deep with your learning. Mm -hmm. But um, And even if they are going to be tested when they get back, that's a pretty good idea. You'll get a good idea or a good picture of what they've learned and where they're weak and where they're strong. Mm -hmm. And then everybody will know. I, I expect the next year or so to be full of adjustments for everyone, public school and homeschool parents. True, because um, a lot of people who homeschooled, uh, you know, their schools closed and they were teaching their kids at home with the public schools, 
materials in the spring, they were saying, oh, you know, homeschooling is hard and homeschooling is this and that. But they were being forced to adhere to somebody else's schedule. Mm -hmm. While at the same time, um, long-term homeschoolers were really finding that their homeschooling was different because we couldn't go anywhere, which is kind of the hallmark of most homeschoolers is that they're out and about. So this fall, homeschooling is going to look different for people who are pandemic homeschooling and people who are long-term homeschoolers. I mean, it's just an uncertain time for everybody. And I think we just all need to pull together and support each other. Absolutely. Because it's a tough time. It is. And then there are other things that people are dealing with outside of just the academic lessons. You have all kinds of other emotional issues or people you love are sick or Mm -hmm. have been sick or... Or you haven't seen them in such a long time. you haven't seen them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, everybody's carrying a heavy burden. And, you know, add that to some people have lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. Or some people, if they want to homeschool their kids, now they have to consider, oh my gosh, well, can I still keep my job and homeschool? Some families need two incomes. Right. So how does that work? Some families are single, headed by single parents. How does that work? Um, if you're fortunate enough that one of the partners in the relationship can stay home full time with the kids, that's awesome. You know, your income might not be the issue, but then maybe you're just not used to being home all day oh, with people who are home with you all day. And, <laughs> you know, it's right. um, I think it's going to be really stressful for a lot of people. But also, I think there's going to be lots of pockets of joy that people won't expect. And I think that's the thing is that in the middle of all the stressful times, if you can go through it together with your family, and you can, and that's what I see a lot of people are saying about why they want to keep their kids home this fall instead of sending them to public school, is that they really want to be with their kids and help them through this tough time of that's the pandemic. Right. Which is really beneficial. And then they also are finding that that extra time at home, you're not rushing uh, on the clock, trying to get everybody somewhere by a certain time. They're finding other ways to use those pockets of time mm-hmm. or, or start some home projects, family projects that you never have time for because you're always rushing off everywhere. Right. Even now, if one of those projects is just getting the kids to learn how to do the laundry. And that's a good, you project. know, because if you think about it and, and I've seen people talking about this on my various um, homeschool groups, uh, the people who's who were pandemic homeschooling and they were like, oh, my gosh, this is so great. I just realized we're not so stressed out. Oh, when we go back to normal, we need to change some things. Mm -hmm. This getting up and running out the door and everybody being gone for, you know, eight to ten hours a day. And and they they were like, wow, it's a clarifying experience that even if we go back to public school, we want to make different choices. So, I mean, everything that's bad also has a positive side. side. And everything that, you know, you, you can homeschool whether you're a single parent whether you have to be a dual income family, it, you just have to brainstorm. And I think the really important thing about that is to get on these homeschool groups and start asking questions. Oh, exactly. Because find um, ideas from people. Some people, for example, I know people who have worked from home for quite some time and they also homeschool. They're a good resource because they figured out how to manage their time. Mm-hmm. Um, they figured out how to turn over some of those tasks to the children or train them in how to yes. do things. So they're using their resources, you know, more wisely. Yeah, there's no need for the kids to be bored when they're, um, you know, household tasks and things. Always. And like do. I've been recently training my little guy. He has a checklist that he has to work on every day. It's his responsibilities. 
And he's got things like um, check to see if the bathroom trash can needs emptied or take the water jugs. We drink bottled water. Take the water jugs out to the trash. Unload the dryer. And these are things that I could certainly do myself, but it's not a good use of my time. No. And he's got a lot more free time than I do. Um, so. And they're necessary things that need to, you're not just finding busy work. They're actually right. things that someone needs to do. Exactly. And he can be a... He can contribute right. to the running of the household. Yeah, and it's just so it's just a good it's just a good plan. So if you're the person who's looking at your schools reopening and you're you're frankly horrified that you know your kids might have to sit basically in a cubicle um, pretty much the whole day and they're not going to get to move around and now you're saying oh my goodness I think I I'm going to do this myself or you you did it in the spring with the right. schools resources and, and you well. think. I could do that. I, I had a trial by fire and I could do that. Um, yeah, you can do it. And you just, now's the time to start planning right. so that even, you. Even if you're only going to do it for a semester. Even if you're only going to do it for a, a semester. Mm -hmm. Just go ahead and make a decision and get, get started looking for ideas and finding support. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm really glad to see so many people getting on our groups and they're asking their questions now. In fact, it was kind of funny. So a friend of mine from my church, she was recommending a curriculum to somebody on our county homeschool group. And I said, oh, I didn't know you were homeschooling. And she said, oh, I wasn't planning on it. But then the pandemic came. And I said, oh, that's awesome. And she'd already researched curriculum and she'd already made a plan for some things that she was going to do. So she's already in there helping other people. And that's I what love I love. That. I love that. Well, and then, too, like if you... If you hadn't looked into homeschooling before, you might not be aware of all the used curriculum groups that are out there, and there are many ways to find something that will work well for you. And if you're not sure this is going to be a new long-term plan, maybe you don't want to use a large portion of your budget for materials, and um, that's a good option, place to find. Right, they have the used curriculum. Buy or borrow. People will let you borrow materials. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Next time when we're talking about no cost and low cost ways to do this, we'll cover all kind of Oh yeah. Ways That's to one it. of my favorite topics actually. Um, is homeschooling on a shoestring. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about reasons why somebody might be looking at homeschooling. Holly, what would you tell someone if they came to you wanting to know what do I do? What are my steps? How do I how do I start this? Right, yeah. It's like jumping off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So um, what I would say is regardless of the age or grade of your student is you need to know what your state requirements are for homeschooling. Every state is different and that's really daunting. But there's a great organization called the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Um, you can find them um, online at hslda.org and you can look up your state on their website and it'll tell you for example in Texas it'll tell you if you're withdrawing a child what that process is like a lot of states also have a state homeschool organization Texas again we have a state homeschool organization and many states do so I would say go and find out what your state's requirements are to homeschool because they're very different from state to state um, you definitely need you don't want to get in any trouble with no. uh, you know <laughs> not it, the education code right. not fulfilling the requirements that you have to follow and then I would say if you are saying I'm homeschooling this semester or I'm homeschooling only for this year you also need to contact your local school district and you need to say to them what do I have to do if I homeschool my child for this school year 
to put them back into public school. Right. Because again, um, in Texas, like it varies widely from school district to school district, but some states, they just have a certain parameter. Right. And so you just need to talk to your local school and find out what is it that I'm going to have to do to put my child back into school? Right. Because it'll be a really disappointing experience if you pull your child out and then the school says, uh, sorry, third grade didn't count. I mean, you you might be okay with that, but you need to know that now. You need to know. Have your reentry plan in place or find out. They, I suspect the districts are going to have some sort of plan in place because they know that people are going to homeschool temporarily. You just want to know what it is and what kind of, I don't know, documentation you might need right. or what kind of record keeping you might want to have mm-hmm. to show this school when you put them back in if you do. Right. Yeah. Because um, record keeping is going to be key here and you mm-hmm. don't want to be surprised. This is already going to be stressful enough. So it's really important to get as much knowledge as you can about how it's going to look when you put them back in, if that's your plan. And then I think the next thing is, of course, if your child is enrolled in school, you have to withdraw them. And there are procedures for that as well. And you should be able to find that information when you check into your state education uh, parameters that tell you, you know, what you're going to do to homeschool. It, it also has some information about how you withdraw a child right. from public school. And your local homeschool organizations can help you with withdrawing. That is student. true. Yes. And, and that that's the next really valuable resource is to get plugged in to the local homeschoolers in your area because they will tell you everything and they're honest to a fault. That's you know, they, <laughs> they will tell you, they will tell you everything. They'll tell you about their experience at a, at a school when they tried to put their kid back in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of homeschoolers, they have put their kids into public school for time and then taken them back mm-hmm. out. I mean, they're not, not everybody homeschools for a long period of time. So they're going to be your next best resource and they will not mince words. You're not going to have to wonder what they're saying. They'll tell you honestly, because they do want to be helpful. I don't know anybody who's homeschooled that isn't really willing to help another person on that path. Oh, right. The people in the trenches know what makes it hard and what makes it more pleasant. And they would Mm -hmm. like you to have a good experience. And so they'll be, they'll be a good help. And then they often have groups. If nobody's going to be meeting socially in the same way that we are used to. Right. So most of those groups have online ways to connect and you can share all kinds of information Mm -hmm. on those. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I haven't seen many homeschoolers have any kind of Zoom groups, but I bet you we will this fall. I think so. Because I know that um, my son, I recently put Messenger, uh, Kids Messenger. Messenger Kids. Messenger Kids. And he got to talk with his friend a couple days ago and it was hilarious. I think they talked for an hour and he wandered all over the house showing her things (laughs) and you know, the, the kids are needing that social interaction. And so I think we'll we'll even see that homeschoolers are going to probably start to try to use Zoom or Skype or some other type of virtual um, platform so that they can interact. Because I keep seeing how much everybody misses all those things that we were out and about doing. That's true. Ways yeah. to get together without actually being in the same place. Right, right. Yep. And there'll be some classes available too. Like I know my my grandkids have finished up some classes, sort of like the other public school. They couldn't meet together anymore, mm-hmm. so they finished up on... Oh, they're uh, co-opted it online? Just a couple of classes. Oh, how Like, nice. finish up some projects together yeah. online. Which, yeah. Uh, it might not have been a live. It might have been watching a recording, but there was oh, interaction. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Our um, 
my son's been having some zoom meetings with his um kids from church so um that's super hilarious too it's really funny to watch seven-year-olds <laughs> and younger kids having a zoom meeting i i think that's just hilarious but yeah there'll, there'll be some more options and your local homeschoolers will be happy to help you um you know for a semester a year or even uh further ahead if you decide this is something you're going to do for the rest of your uh, child's education so yeah those i think are the top items i would do you have anything you want to add to that no i'm just going to say so check in with hslda.org and your state organizations to find out how to do it right and connect with your local homeschoolers and withdraw your children properly right and that's for anybody kindergarten to 11th grade you're going to do the same thing so we're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor when we return we'll talk about making time for homeschooling and finding the right materials our podcast today is brought to you by transcript maker it's an online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts in the comfort of your own home we're talking today about pandemic homeschooling. So what are some ways that someone homeschooling during the pandemic might use Transcript Maker? Well, first of all, they probably played around with an Excel spreadsheet and they've already discovered that that stinks. It's time consuming and frustrating. So the great thing is that Transcript Maker takes care of all of that for you. It has a place for you to put your child's courses that they've taken and their grades. And of course, for high school, it's going to calculate grade point averages and things like that. But you can still use it even to keep track of uh, things for younger grade students. And it's very adaptable and customizable. So that's the great thing about Transcript Maker is it can be used for people even who aren't homeschooling high schoolers. Right. So one less thing to have to mess with. And even though it was designed for high schoolers, it's useful for whatever grade you're teaching. Yes, yes it is. Get your 14-day free trial at www.transcriptmaker.com. Transcript Maker, simply better transcripts. All right, so we've talked about some of the step-by-step -step things you wanna do to just get started with homeschooling, but now let's talk about what you're gonna to do to do it. The nitty-gritty details. The nitty-gritty details, yes, ma'am. So one of the first things you have to do if you're going to homeschool is figure out just exactly when you're going to do this homeschooling thing. All right. Right. So uh, that's going to be different for everybody. I mean, if you're a single parent working from home or if you have to leave the house to go to work or if there are two of you tag teaming mm -hmm. or whatever, um, you have to figure out how's this going to fit into your schedule. Right. What is your day going to look like? And I would like to mention that it doesn't have to be between the hours of 8 and 3. You can you can spread that around throughout the day, fit those lessons in wherever you have those moments of time. You have to have a plan, mm -hmm. but you're not limited to traditional school hours. Right. Yeah. I'm. When I was working um, a while ago when I had high school students, I worked in the morning. And then when I came home from my job, we started school. And sometimes we did school in the evening. Um, my old, my my middle son, he was in Kung Fu and he had Kung Fu classes until like eight o'clock at night. And so a lot of times we came home and had a late dinner and then we did his math. So wow. you can just kind of plug it in wherever it makes sense. Um, if you're leaving the house to go to work and you're a single parent, you might need to 
tag team with another family who's homeschooling and y'all can, you know, keep each other's kids. So maybe you keep the kids for some time on the weekend and they keep your kid in the mornings while you go to work. Um, but you really do have to get a good plan based on the times you have available. So I know when I was working um, outside of the home, I would sit down with my calendar and I would write down on it all the non-negotiables. So my work hours, mm-hmm. um, any clubs or things my kids were involved in that had regular meetings, I would put those down. And then, um, you know, what, what time did we like to eat? What time did people go to bed? All that stuff. And then I could see really clearly where my openings were mm-hmm. for fitting in school. What, what did you do? How did you plan out a day for your family? Well, we figured out what the anchors were for us, the meal times. Those were kind of the anchors of the day. Breakfast was usually at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Usually we ate lunch at, you know, noon and then dinner when uh, dad was coming home. So we figured out, similar to what you said, non-negotiables. But we, we, we designed our day, I think, around the meal times because those were natural stopping points mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. Stop and clear up what we got out in the morning before we had lunch. Um, stop after, you know, school so we could have an afternoon snack and, you know, clean up the mess we yeah, made before we started making a educate. new one. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. Plan yeah. for those snacks. And moms, too, get a mm-hmm. little bit, you know, get angry. A little hangry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so we did. We figured out where where were the best moments in the day for the different tasks mm-hmm. that we had to do. And then the younger the student, the earlier in the day was better. They were more right. fresh and more alert right and yeah, not tap tired. into the natural rhythms mm-hmm. of your family sure my night owls uh tended to do more of their school in the afternoon or evening if they could but i was fizzling out about that time so we had to put the harder things earlier and the easier things that they could do on their own right the day and kind of a lot of juggling but all that's going to depend on what what curriculum you choose to use and um, well i think that's kind students. of the other way i think that your curriculum comes after you plan only because if you don't have a lot of time and we'll we'll probably talk about this more here in a moment but if you don't have a lot of time to prepare curriculum because maybe you're out of the house for three or four hours a day and then you got to come home in school that's going to really make um make your choices of curriculum a lot different it certainly does you want to pick something you can just pick up and go with Mm -hmm. yes yeah or even things that are that your kid can just do like you can put them in front of the computer. I wouldn't say put them in front of the computer for everything because, you know, no. that that couldn't uh, give a really productive learning experience. But, yeah, so you're going to definitely need to set up your schedule. And also be aware that your perfect schedule, once you start doing it, it might really stink. And you'll have to change it. Sometimes I have to change my schedule month by month just because of different things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so have experienced that, too. Or... and. Just have to stop and reevaluate. If it's if it's not working after mm-hmm. a month, change it. Right. Yeah. Be yeah. Be willing to change it because it's not so important that you stick to a rigid schedule. Is that you just get everything done that you want to do. So if you have to do that in little tiny bite sized pieces, that's okay. Don't get upset with yourself because you're not like the perfect homeschool parent. There's not such a thing. You just need to do what's best for you and for your kids. Especially now. Especially now. Especially, Especially now. now. So, yeah, if, you, um, if you're if you working full-time from home or outside of the home, you're not going to want to pick that really cute curriculum that involves a lot of preparation. That's going to make you insane. You don't have time to do it's all just, of yeah, that. Yeah, it's just going to be so stressful. And, again, the important thing right now 
is that you're hitting the bases and you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. You don't need to, you know, go to the Olympics of homeschooling <laughs> right now. That's no. not, that's not the goal. You just, you want to find something that hits those bases. So the, the thing to do is find out what um, a kid in second grade needs to know or what a kid mm -hmm. in seventh grade needs to know or a high school kid and then plan around that. Right. It's going to be much easier if you have elementary school students. It's definitely going to be easier. Then there's also, if you are a, a parent working from home, your children need something to do while you're working. Oh, yes. So you've got your school assignments. Some of those can be productive use of their time while you're busy. But you might also need to plan some things for them to do on their own so that you can get your work done. Yes. Or, that's the situation I'm in because I am a work-from-home mm -hmm. parent, and I, we have, I have been homeschooling. And every year it's been different because when my little boy was, say, five, the amount of time he could spend entertaining himself was very minimal. And I did a lot more of my work at night after he went to bed. And now he's seven and a half, and he's a lot more self-sufficient. And so we tend to have a little block schedule where we spend time doing some concentrated schoolwork in the morning, and then we have lunch, and then I go, I go into my office and do some work. And then I take a break, and then we have family time, dinner time, you know, playing games, outside recreation, stuff like that. And then when he goes to bed, I go back into my office and do some work. So, um, and then the next year it might look different because he'll be older. And right. so it, it can be really uh, varied. So now that you've planned out when you're going to homeschool, you need to decide what you're going to use to do to the do homeschooling. It. It's important to find grade-appropriate homeschool materials so that you aren't frustrating yourself and your child, and you can trust that that curriculum is already set up to teach your kid what they need to learn during this time of their age and grade. Right. We talked about this in a previous we podcast. Sure did. That way you know when you've finished your lesson that that was enough. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's important because I know that we all want to try to make sure we're really doing a great job. And I know as parents, we often don't know when enough is enough because we're so invested in our children's success. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a really great point about using a curriculum is that it'll, it'll let you know when you're done. Right. Especially if you go with something that's already um, planned out and contained. You do the lessons for the day and when you're finished, you're finished. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is um, still Education is still going on all the time. Right, right. But you don't have to feel like you're the the one, the facilitator for it. Exactly. They're learning on their own. So exactly. that's a good thing. Yeah. So for, for elementary school, there are tons of choices. Um, and for middle school, tons of choices. And it's probably not a big deal what you choose uh, because, for the most part, a school is just going to take that child back. Mm -hmm. They're not claiming any credits, and the school is not really going to be that concerned. Like we said earlier, they might have to take a little test just to see where they, they are level-wise, but it's really a, a really low-stress deal. When you're talking about taking a high schooler out and putting them back in, that's a whole different thing. It certainly is. Uh, you have a, whole, a different set of considerations. If you are going to be put if you are pretty sure you're going to be putting them back in you need to have something that the state will recognize so that they don't lose the credits or the right the credits for this work that they did while they were at home right and and I know people who have put their children in after they've been in high school say as a 10th grader or a junior 
and that they've had the frustrating experience of the school not accepting any of the work the child did as a homeschooler and that child either had a test for credit or they had to actually start over in the ninth grade year which is very discouraging for mm -hmm. that student so you want to look online for accredited high school curriculum and there are lots and lots of choices and at all different price points um, there are it's like k-12 and connections academy mm -hmm. and i think those are fairly inexpensive because i think they are sponsored by your state they're part of the state um, homes uh, state education uh, public schools but you know there are other options but it's just really important that if you're going to put them back in you have to be able to document their credits and it has to be accredited there's no um, high school, public school, that's going to accept your homeschool credits across the board. Some might, but it's really a mm -hmm. hard uh, sell for those schools to or accept they those. Might, they might accept some credits, but not others. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that depends on your record keeping and if you can show the materials that you used and have good records. And sometimes you just have to take a portfolio in. That right. varies by state and it varies by school district. Mm -hmm. That's true. So that goes back to what we said in the beginning. Find out what they're going to provide or require yes that's that's definitely key because it's frustrating and stressful as changing course of action like many of you are are doing right now you were thinking okay we're going to go to school but no we're not mm -hmm. it's even more frustrating if everything you do during this time this one semester or this one year isn't even accepted i mean your child will still have learned so it's not for nothing right but if you're trying to get them back into school and then the school isn't going to work with you on that, that's a very frustrating and discouraging experience. And we don't want you to have to go through that unnecessarily. At this time in our podcast, we like to answer questions from our listeners. And Diana has written in saying, I feel like I've made a good decision to homeschool my children this fall, but my family is questioning me. How can I reassure them? You know, that's a good point, and, and a lot of homeschoolers um, get that kind of pushback from their family. I think that you really need to know why you've decided to do this, and maybe even write out your reasons so that when you talk to your family about why you're homeschooling this semester or this year, that you can take emotion out of it, and you can just mm -hmm. lay out, I've decided to homeschool this school year because I do not think that the school can adequately educate my kids during the pandemic or I don't think that my kids will be safe or I don't think that my kids emotional and social needs will be met you need to know why it is that you've decided so that you can tell your family and it's really important that if you have a partner you both present this information Right. Um, because sometimes families will try to divide you and they'll try to get you away from, uh, you know, your spouse. If you're a single parent and your family is questioning you, oh my goodness, you're just going to have to be really strong and you're just mm -hmm. going to have to know exactly why you're doing it. And I know that when we started homeschooling, and of course it was in a different time in a different situation, uh, my mother-in-law said to me, oh, will you have books? And we thought that was so funny, but what we really found out was that she just didn't understand how this was going to happen. So we shared a lot of our resources that we were going to use with her. We brought, um, back then, of course, it was a homeschooling magazine. Now everything's online. online now. But right. we brought um, a homeschooling magazine to show her. We showed her the books the kids were going to be using. We even invited them over for what we called an open house where the kids could show their work and they could maybe recite a poem they had learned, make a little snack. And, and what happened is over the years, um, my 
my in-laws got very comfortable with homeschooling mm -hmm. so much to the point where they would oh can we take the kids on a trip because they knew hey we had flexibility to do that very nice so i think you know sometimes when our families are pushing against our decision to homeschool it's because they don't really know what that means and how that's going to work and they just need some reassurance so they do and you know i imagine there may be some people like their family might be supporting them but their their circle of friends might be making different choices and that could be hard too you've got peer pressure so to speak mm -hmm. uh, we're all going to do this why are you doing something different right and, and sometimes people feel they feel condemned by your decision like they feel like well my decision wasn't good and that's not at all what what anybody needs to feel like i totally support public schools I think public schools are wonderful, mm -hmm. and I'm glad they exist. And I think we all just have to have the opportunity to make a choice if we want to to do public school, if we want to do private school, if we want to homeschool. All those educational choices are valid, and we don't need to be pitting ourselves against each other. We just need to support each other. So if support you, each other. We, if never, you're, we never know what health reasons people might have or what else is going what, on. Yeah, just we don't know. Find a way to be supportive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the key is just have your reasons and be able to, to share them and try to take emotion out of it and just understand that it's out of concern or sometimes it's just out of something that other person is feeling about their choices mm -hmm. why they're pushing back against your choices but you can do it i mean everybody can homeschool if they want to if you have homeschooling questions you can contact us on twitter at underscore homeschool pod or email us at happy pod at gmail.com thank you for joining us today i'm holly I'm Melody. Happy homeschooling! Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Zerbaum. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Melody Gillum. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find her music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or as always, tell people about us. I'm your host, Holly. I'm your co-host, Melody. Start over. First of all, I can't even say co-host. <laughs> <laughs> okay.